It's time for Sounding Off with Phil Goff. Morena. Mayor Phil Goff, how are you this morning? Morena, Rachel, and it's lovely to see the sunshine and not to have the wind. It Gosh, is. Yesterday was appalling. Um, I just got a call from my wife this morning to say you left before it was daybreak, but I just need to tell you that a huge gum tree has fallen down, <laughs> narrowly missing the dog kennel. Oh, God. So, uh, it has been uh, the storm, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to be busy on a chainsaw, I think, uh, when as soon as I get the chance to do that, but never mind. Oh, dear. That sounds like a lot of work. Uh, it has it, been it some, some wild weather. We'll, we'll maybe come back to that in a minute, but uh, I wanted to touch base. Let's not spend too much time on it, but I did want to touch base on Brian Tamaki's latest protest, which blocked mm. the Harbour Bridge, has caused a bit of a ruckus. You've been very... Um, public and I guess condemning it. What is it that frustrates you about Brian Tamaki's actions? Oh, I think just about everything, actually, Rachel. Um, uh, uh, look, uh, in, in regard to the protest on Saturday, everybody's got the right to protest. So they were having a protest at the domain. Uh, fine, um, no, no, no problem with that. But then they decided, and it was premeditated because they'd said um, on the uh, the Friday night that they were going to cause motorway mayhem in Auckland. That was their term. And they got on the motorway at, I think, Kyber Pass and then walked up to the, the next off-ramp. Uh, but they closed down uh, the motorway for uh, probably uh, an hour, an hour and a half causing, you know, immense frustration on the part of people just trying to go about their day-to-day lives. And I... You know, there's a difference between protest and setting out deliberately to disrupt the lives of other people who've got nothing to do with your protest. And I found that unacceptable. And then he abused the people that criticised him, saying that they were self-entitled and more worried about money than important things in life. Well, I thought that was a bit rich uh, coming from the Tamakis who tithe their low-income members um, uh, and live a very high lifestyle themselves. Um if, 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 you know, he's supposedly a church leader, uh, self-appointed as a bishop, um, but if he wants to go into politics, why doesn't he just go into politics, run for parliament, and put his ideas in front of people um, and, instead of taking actions that only serve to uh, disrupt the lives of other people that are illegal and the police have described as risky and dangerous. Uh, and that, that's kind of... I, I think most Aucklanders found that really irritating. Um, it, it was uh, making life difficult for others for no good reason uh, and with no good outcome. And, you know, stand, put, put, your, put your money where your mouth is, stand for Parliament, see whether there's any public support for your ideas, Mr Tamaki. Do it that way. Don't, don't go out of your way to inconvenience other people without good cause. Okay, well, let's talk about COVID, come back to that uh, ever-present conversation at the moment. Uh, It's interesting to see that uh, the government is now pushing for ventilation to be one of the major tools that we use to deal with the current outbreak and and minimise as as much as as possible in public spaces. I wanted to know what the council is doing to help ensure that the facilities that they have management of are able to be as ventilated as possible. What's, What's going on in that space at the moment? Yeah, well, ventilation's important. It's not the only thing, obviously, and mask wearing and um, and uh, 
physical distancing and uh, making sure that you're vaccinated and all those other things are, are, are important as well. But what um, Council did um, uh, beginning back in November and December of last year actually was to do a, an extensive ventilation audit and maintenance check right across all of our buildings, you know, our corporate offices, community centres, uh, aquatic sites, early childhood centres, recreation centres, libraries and so on. And where they've got um, air conditioning uh, systems, uh, making sure that they were working um, to, to the greatest level of efficiency. Where they didn't, then we have to rely on, uh, there's, there's a few buildings that don't have um, air conditioning that mm -hmm. you rely on being able to open your windows and doors, uh, turn on extract fans, etc. Um, so... That's um, that's kind of that's that's the approach that um, that council is taking, and uh, any new buildings that we build, of course, um, will be build, built um, taking that into account. Um, there, I don't know that they have extensive plans for refitting, which is really expensive. Um, but I, I think they're satisfied that the. The, the ventilation for where most of their staff work uh, is pretty good and to do the best they can in the, the public buildings that we have to make sure there's that circulation of air. We're, we're seeing the conversation, I mean, it's not really gone away, about masking, uh, I guess, be ramped up with the current spike that we have in cases of both COVID and also the flu at the moment. Uh, we're seeing it sort of reintroduced into schools, not necessarily in a mandated way, but in a highly encouraged way. That in of itself is, I guess, a, a complicated conversation to have but what, what's going on with mask use in public spaces for the council? I know we've kind of hit a burnout point, but what's actually happening here? Yeah, look, um, it's uh, in in the spaces where people congregate, like lifts, etc. Um, you are asked to wear a mask, and uh, people are wearing masks in lifts uh, and in, in uh, public uh, uh, foyers and things like that. Um, where you can't wear it is, I suppose, somewhere like the cafeteria, where you're sitting down to eat, um, and uh, you know, it, we, we, we're relying on people. Um, it, it's kind of, kind of like um, you know, if you if you if you go out to um, a, a restaurant, it, if you're sitting down to eat, fine. If you're wandering around the place, um, the it, while it's not mandatory, uh, it, it's sensible to wear a mask. I, I think it's sensible for schools to require that. Uh, you've got a lot of people sitting in a classroom for extended periods of time, uh, and. And, and schools are free to make their own policy, and I, I, I just saw on the news, I think uh, yesterday actually, a lot of schools have been doing that, and those schools that have been using masks have, uh, have come out with a, a lower level of cross-infection from both mm -hmm. the flu and from COVID. So I think it's a matter of common sense. I Look, you know, a lot of people find the masks irritating, and um, I do myself from, t from time to time. Um, so it's, it's just trying to... Do the right thing. Be sensible. Uh, use uh, use the mask where it's it's, it's uh, sensible to use it. And uh, you know, if you're sitting at the, at your desk by yourself and you're spaced away from other people, um, you know, nobody's expecting you to to have your face mask on right through the day. But some people in, some people in my office choose to do that. Um, some people just use the mask when when it's it's appropriate. When you know, if you're leaning over somebody's shoulder or whatever, um, it's it's more a matter of common sense than I think the government coming in and, and setting out strict instructions that everybody has to follow. It's no good doing that uh, if people aren't of the mind to follow. And I think 
people had just about reached the end of their tolerance of um, you know requirements being placed on them. So it's more an educative, a common sense thing. And where an institution like a school decides to do it, um, yeah, I think that's sensible. Okay. And uh, con- congratulations for doing it. Well, let's talk about. We've we've talked a little bit about, uh, I guess, broadly what the council is doing around emissions reduction over the last few weeks, particularly when it comes to transport. That's been something we've touched on quite a lot. I'm, I'm interested in what's happening with gas, though, because there has been some some changes or some some future changes uh, that have been outlined by the council, moving away from uh, some of the ways in which we use gas as a city. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, well, look, um, it was quite interesting. Um, a, a third of our council's total greenhouse gas emissions uh, come from aquatic centres, swimming pools, um, 75% of which is produced by gas boilers, which they use for heating. So we're now embarking on a process um, of aquatic centres being the first target in our programme to phase out fossil fuels. And uh, we've just completed a project at the Moana Nui Akiwa uh, Pool and Leisure Centre in Mangere, uh, where an electric heat pump um, is reducing the uh, greenhouse gases by, by over 60%. Uh, and we've got similar projects underway out west at West Wave and at the Onihanga War Memorial uh, Pool and Leisure Centre. And at the Albany Stadium Pool, um, mm-hmm. uh, we are putting in a major solar installation and um, likewise, uh, in, in the Massey Aquatic Centre in Papakura, we've put solar water heating, and we did that a couple of years ago, actually. So that's, that's you know, the, the biggest single cause of our, our gases are, are from the, uh, those gas boilers. Um, but uh, I can tell you from experience, because um, um, uh, down in the basement of our, uh, our building, we have our council fleet car park, and uh, we are putting in electric charges uh, right through those floors, um, and we are converting, um, we're getting rid of our, our carbon emission. We largely have hybrid, um, but we are also looking at, um, by 2025, we'll have uh, um, three to 400 uh, fully electric vehicles, such as the one that I drive myself. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, we're reducing the size of our fleet, um, you know, for a, that's an economy measure, but we're also converting it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we're, we're no longer buying um, elect, um, diesel buses, so all new buses are are electric or hydrogen and uh, we have uh, announced plans in the last couple of weeks uh, to to convert the ferry fleet from from diesel to hybrid or electric. Just before, I mean, we, we, we've talked about those in, in uh, previous weeks, so I did just want to ask a little bit more about the, the gas situation. This might be an obvious question, but I am curious about the answer. Obviously, we are changing some of these, as you said, aquatic centres, what they're running on. What's the processes in place for anything new that's built? Is, is it sort of a, a baseline oh, now yeah. that gas is not going to be used? What's yeah, actually yeah, happening yeah. there? No, no, absolutely. Um, nobody, nobody is now going to put a, a gas-fired uh, a boiler in. It's going to be an electric boiler from for any any new uh, builds or or installations. Uh, it's critical that we do that, and it's critical not just for the council to do that, but for that to be standard practice right across the community. Uh, we 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 really have to move away from the burning of fossil fuels. Well, thank you very much for your time this morning, Mayor Goff. It's always great to get your thoughts on the show. I hope you have a lovely rest of your Tuesday and we'll talk to you again next week. Good as gold. Always a pleasure. Thanks, uh, Rachel. Matewa. Matewa. Kakite. That was Sounding Off with Phil Goff. Thank you.